0: So I'm standing at a bus stop, it's Vegas, it's summertime, it's hot, my feet hurt, and then I get a text, in all caps, that says, Grant, you are a loser. It was my (laughs) ex-wife. So I responded to her, Erica, you are a whore. And I sent that, it felt good, felt really good. And I looked at my shoes, See, when you're homeless, you don't get to try shoes on. You just acquire some shoes. And if they're too big, you double or you triple up on socks. And if they're too small, you cut the backs out. My Nikes had the backs cut out. I'm like, oh, boy. So I Googled the definition of loser. And it set in the act of losing. She was right. As much as I hated to admit it, she was Right. At that time, I was 34 years old, addicted to heroin and meth. And, uh, and the reason that she sent that text was because I was at her house visiting my two sons, Asher, who was seven at the time, and Roman, who was three, and, uh, and I got dope sick. And dope sick isn't a good sick. It's a very, very bad sick. And my son saw how sick I was. And so he went up to his mom's purse, and he took $60 out and gave it to his dad You'd be shocked what your kids will do to get you well. At the time, I'd been, home, or I'd been a drug addict for nine years and, and homeless and on the streets for two. The only person that was still connected to me and my family was my granny. And every once in a while, she'd get me a hotel room to get me out of the elements. Um, she would buy me some groceries. Every once in a while, she'd, uh, she'd give me some cash and I would shoot that up. She would even buy my kids uh, birthday gifts and then sign my name on the card, uh, which was cool, especially when I would forget my son's birthdays, which happened a lot. When you're a homeless, when you're a homeless drug addict, you get caught up in this crazy survival mindset, right? And it's hard to see the picture when you're in the frame. And until that day at that bus stop staring at my shoes, I didn't realize how bad my condition had got. And so I checked myself into detox. And the lady uh, doing the intake was a redhead named Jessica. And she had a big old smile and all these freckles on her face. And they kind of bled together at the tops of her cheeks. And she was so happy, which was crazy, because it's a detox. And as she asking me questions during the intake process, um, my situation got more and more real to me. She asked me, and she was so nice about it. Uh, She asked me, she was like, Grant, so what's your address? I was like, "Um, I uh, don't have one. She's like, so you're homeless? I'm like, "Uh, one would say that uh, that I'm homeless, yes. uh." She's like, that's fine. And then more and more questions, and then she asked me uh, if I was employed, and we did the math, and I hadn't been employed for like eight years. I didn't have a real job in like eight years. The more questions, and then she asked me uh, then she asked me who my emergency contact was, and it, and it, and it came at me sideways. I't uh, I didn't wrap my head around it, right? Uh, so I repeated the question back to her. I was like, an emergency contact and she, she said, who would you call if there was an emergency, if you needed someone? And at that time, other than my granny, I burned everybody. I didn't have anybody to call. And she reached over, and my eyes started to well up. And I started to cry a little bit. And she reached over the table, and she touched me right here. And she said, "Grand, it's going to be okay. And I believed her. Know this, that um, when you're on the streets, there's not too many sincere people, believe it or not. And so when somebody that's sincere touches you, you believe them, right? You feel it. And I believed her. I believed that I was going to be okay. And it was the first, like, piece of hope that I've had in years And I'd like to say that my homeless drug addict story ends right there with a little bit of hope from Jessica on my hand, but it doesn't. I went years and years cycling in and out. I got out, I go to sober living, get a job, get high, back to jail, detox, job, high, sober living, jail, hospital, overdose, couch in an alley, jail, 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 jail. And then I end up uh, facing five to seven years for burglary. The system was sick of me. And so I do what I always do when I go to jail. I call my granny and I tell her to put some money on my books for commissary. And usually my granny, um, she sends a check and then she sends a card, one of those nice cards that folds in half and on the front, there's a cottage in the wilderness somewhere in Ireland, I'm sure. <laughs> and Inside, my granny would always write, Grant, I love you. I believe in you. I'm proud of you. It's crazy, because even when I was at my worst, my granny was proud of me. But not this time. Uh, this time, my granny sent me a letter, and it wasn't on a cute card from Ireland. It was on one of those little yellow tablets Papers ripped off. This says, Grant, I can't do this anymore. I can't support you anymore. I'm done. I was devastated. That was the lowest I've ever felt in my life. I've been in a lot of low places. Know this. That when you burn the granny bridge, you fucked up. and I had just burned the granny bridge. But two weeks later, my granny sends me a letter that says she's gonna send me books, and she started sending me books, books about uh, personal development, reinventing yourself, meditation. She sent me a book about frequencies. Did you guys know that people operate on frequencies? Yes? Check it out. Uh, The book says that good people operate on a high frequency not so good people operate on a low frequency. They did a study to illustrate it. They took a pin and they put a motor on it. And they dropped it into steel water and they made it pop one time, boom, and a perfect circle rippled in the water. You see that? You see that? Then they did it twice, boom, boom, two perfect circles ripple in the water. And then they turned the motor up to a super high frequency And it's moving this pin super fast in the water. And then after a a few seconds of chaos, it turns, the water turns into this beautiful flower, right? Created by the high frequency of this pin in it. And then they took another one and they put a motor on it and they stuck it into the water right next to this guy and they turned it to the same high frequency. You have two beautiful flowers created by the high frequency of these pins moving in the water were even working together. The petals were even working together to stay beautiful. And then they took this one, and they dropped the frequency down. And it went from a beautiful flower in half a second to just this chaos, right, with ugly water. And not only did the low frequency of this pin mess up this flower, but it messed up this flower too. And this pin was still moving at a high frequency. Just by being close, to a low frequency pen, it messed that flower up. I remember reading that. I'm like, oh shoot. You could just stand next to somebody, they don't even have to say anything to you, and they could bring you down. And I know you guys know the feeling, especially if you've been to Walmart. <laughs> when you're in line and you're just like, Ugh! uh, ah. I remember I looked out across this sea of convicts, like 280 of them, in a dorm room study, all of us getting ready to go to prison. And I'm like, and I, I told myself right there, I'm like, never again will anybody ever mess up my flower. And I was committed to protecting my flower. Let that sit with you for a minute. <laughs> so, so I changed my sleep schedule, right? I was asleep. When they were up during the day and at night when they were sleeping, I would read, I would meditate, I would do push-ups, I would write, I would do push-ups. And then I read this book about universal law. And it says that whatever you put out, right, comes right back to you. So if you put out negative stuff, negativity will come right back to you. If you put out positive stuff, positive stuff will come right back to you. And I thought, like, during that time of my life, I had done so much damage to myself and others. I put out so much negativity that in order for me to have the paradigm shift necessary to reinvent myself, I had to pump, pump out only concentrated positive energy. Right? And I also read this, uh, read this book where the guy quoted the Dalai Lama. And the Dalai Lama says, you are not entitled to the fruits of your labor. The only thing you're entitled to is your labor. If you believe that, and I believed it, everything's a gift. If I'm only entitled to my labor, if I'm only entitled to my work, I'm taking it. They say that what you keep in life is in direct proportion to what you feel like you're worth. At that time, I had nothing, I felt like I was worth nothing so how do you build self-worth you lift other people up right and so I took all these things that I learned in jail and I put them in a handsome wall and I held it right here next to my bosom and I created I did I didn't I just wanted to say that I just (laughs) you know how long I've been wanting to say that in front of a group of people these are things here and I've learned them so when I got out, <laughs> when I got out, I went to work. And so uh, this month, or February, February 4th will be f- four years since I've been out. And I went to work. I've, uh, I've started a, a program for women in recovery. It's a free program for women in recovery from substance use and mental health disorder um, where we exercise and we, we, um, we learn the role of exercise and nutrition and recovery. We learn mindfulness, we learn discipline. I've also started a community initiative here in Reno called the Karma Box Project, where people in the community can um, easily pay it forward by just putting things in a box, right? And now I'm, the, uh, I'm also the uh, operations manager for the, for the Business Improvement District, which is gonna change the culture of an entire downtown. It's called the Downtown Reno Partnership. But the coolest thing, what I have now, that um, what, I, what I do now, that carries the most value, more than all those things, is that I, remem- I remember my son's birthdays. And what I have now, that I didn't have before, is an emergency contact list. <laughs> And shoes the fit.